This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Well, good morning. I only got 28 minutes. Stop that. Don't do that. Don't do that. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Derek Thompson. Um, I'm the Ark Adults pastor here at the church, and that means nothing more than I, I lead up the group that oversees our classes and groups and our biblical counseling here at the church. And I count it an honor and privilege to be here with you today. And more than anything, I count it an honor and privilege to be able to serve uh, with our leadership here at the church. How many of you know that we have some great pastors, Pastor Allen and Miss Joy? They are a huge blessing. Very huge blessing. You know, and, and it, it's so funny, my, my journey here, here I am, I'm 46, and, and I have a great respect for leadership, but it didn't start out that way. You know, for me, I remember specifically uh, a, a time when I was 16, I played, uh, played a lot of sports, and one of my main sports was basketball. And I remember one game in particular. The team I was a part of, we were very good. We, we, we went, won 29 games, only lost one, went to, to state. I mean, we did a lot of great things. But this one specific game stands out simply because uh, it was probably the most boneheaded decision I'd ever made in my life. Uh, I still remember the game, you know, it was before the game had started and we were in the locker room and I was one of the team captains and our coach comes in and we're playing around, real loose, having a good time and, and, and our coach says, hey guys, we need to get ready, you know, we need to get ready for the game and I remember, coach, we got this. You see, we'd been, we were getting ready to play a team that we'd beat handedly time and time again over the last two years but me, in, in all of my 16-year-old wisdom, I figured, you know, I, I knew more than the coach. And so I remember telling him, Coach, we got this. We, we're good. And he looks at me and he says, Derek, you act like you don't need me. And I remember looking at him saying, well, Coach, we're the ones on the court. We do all the work. <laughs> yeah, 16-year-old wisdom, right? So he looks at me and he says, okay, turns around, walks out of the locker room. And I remember looking at our team saying, guys, we got this. We, we don't need him. We're fine. So I pulled the team together and said, here's what we're going to do. We go out. We start warm-ups. And as we're going through warm-ups, we look over to the stands, and coach is sitting in the top of the stands. And I remember saying, ah, that's him. You know, we don't need him. We're good. We don't need him. We're good. So the game starts. And this team that we, did, we had beat handedly several times before begins to pound us and pound us. And after a while, we look up, and we're going into halftime, and we're down by 30 points. And here I am, team captain, and everybody's angry at me. So we get in the locker room, we're arguing, we're bickering, we're frustrated, and, and we, we hear a knock on the door, we turn around, and it's our coach. And I'll never forget it. He looks at us, and he says, are you ready to win? And, and I, as the captain, I said, what? And he says, Derek, are you ready to win? I said, coach, there, there's no way. He said, son are you ready to win? I said, yeah. He said, if you will listen to me and follow my lead, I will lead us to victory. And I remember saying, okay. He goes, do everything I tell you to do and we'll, get, we'll win this. And I remember, guys, second half of that game, we took a 30-point deficit and we turned it around and we ended up winning that game by 25 points. Why? Because I, along with my fellow teammates, made a decision that we were gonna listen to our leader. Guys, can I tell you, I believe we're in a season where God wants us to listen to our leader. That he's in, we're in a season where he wants to lead us to victory. Victory in our marriages, victory in our finances. He wants to see us moving into a place where, where we're seeing victory in the lives of our children, victory in our bodies, where sickness can't stay anymore. God wants to lead us to victory, but in order for that to happen, we have to listen to him. 
You know, one of the things I found uh, very interesting is, is God never leaves us in the dark. In his Bible, he tells us, in this world, you will have trouble. But he says, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He goes on also to say that many are the afflictions of the righteous, meaning many are, my children, you're going to have some challenging times. But guess what? I have overcome them all. I will deliver you from them all. This is our God saying this. If we'll simply listen to him. This morning, I believe, uh, I, I, I'm sent here to encourage you in two different areas of how we can go into victory. I believe that if we will invite God into our lives and begin living lives of faith, that God will lead us into victory. You know, this morning, we, 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 many of us, you know, spring forward and we're like, oh man, it's spring forward. Oh, you know, and it, it's tough, even for me, it's tough. But I, I, we, I just listened to a series, and, and so I'm in this, this exercise now where I'm trying to reframe everything. So I got up this morning, and I, and I looked at the car, and I, and I said, you know what, Lord, it's spring forward, but you know what, all of that pollen over the car, that means, you know what, new life. That means, Lord, you're going to do something new in my life. You know what, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's still dark, it's, I'm tired, Lord, but guess what, I, I know when I get to church, you have something in store for me when I get there this morning. Guys, we, we've got to know that the God that we serve has something good for us, and that if we'll attach our wagon to him, that he will lead us to victory in every area of our lives. Does that make sense, guys? Let's look, at, let's look at this scripture here together. It's found in Proverbs 21, 31. It says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Victory. I don't know about you, but I like winning. I don't like losing. I mean, my wife will tell you in anything. You know, it, it, I, I'm not that dad. When my kids were growing up, it didn't matter if we were playing board games, video games, if we were playing basketball in the driveway, I'm, I'm, call me a bad parent, but I'm not going to let you win. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win, and I'm going to let you know that I won because I like to win. I like victory. And guys, how many of you know God wants his children to live in victory? He wants us to win. We, we serve a good God. Maybe you started out like I did. Maybe you, you thought God wants us to struggle, wants us to be, quote, unquote, humble. God wants us to win in life. He sent his son to die on a cross for you and me so that we would win in life. The Bible says that he, when Jesus rose from the grave, that he defeated death, hell, and the grave, that he made an open show of them, right? And he did that for us so that we, knew, we would know that we win. We win. And so if we know we win, then we've got to begin operating in an attitude and the mindset of faith. You know, I had someone the other day, when, they, when I was talking to them, they said, faith, what do you mean? Faith, and I told them, I said, faith is not a belief system. Faith is a way of life. Let's look at the scripture here. It says, for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. Who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. We've gotta have faith, guys, if we're gonna see victory. And you know, as I was preparing for this message today, it, it reminded me of one of my favorite stories in the Bible. There is a story of a woman and, and it, it acknowledges her as the woman with the issue of blood. You know, I, when I get to heaven, I want to know her name because, I mean, it's a powerful story. The story goes like this. It says, for 12 years, she went from doctor to doctor to doctor, looking for a cure, trying to get healing for her body. The Bible also goes on to tell us that she spent every cent that she had trying to get well. And in fact, it says, at the end of 12 years, not only did she spend all of her money, not only did she not find her answer, but the Bible said, she ended up in a worse position than originally, uh, she had originally been in. 
And then it goes on to say, this is what I love, it says, but when she heard about Jesus, she said to herself, that if I can simply get to him, I'll be healed. Guys, some of us, we're gonna have to change our inner dialogue. dialogue. We're gonna have to be, begin saying on the inside of us, you know what, my marriage is here, but if I can get to Jesus, God's gonna restore us. You know what, my finances, every time I open the, the ledger, I see a lot of red, but when I get to Jesus, he's gonna turn this around and abundance is gonna flow into my life. We need to begin saying, you know, my children, they're acting like aliens, I have no idea where they came from. But if I can get to Jesus, he will help me to parent them and to rear them up and to train them up in the way that they should go and they will fulfill the calling on their life. We need to change our inner dialogue. Why do I say that? Well, in the story with the woman with the issue of blood, it says that she began to press and to go through the crowd and she got up close and when she touched the hem of his garment, she received her healing. It says it stopped Jesus and he turned around because he knew power had left him. And he said, who touched me? And verse 34 says this, it says she came forward and said, it was me, Lord. And he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Now go, be in peace. And guys, that's what God wants for us. He wants us to receive everything that he's provided for us. How many of you believe that God wants you to have a good life? Okay, I know, it's spring, okay? But that's not convincing. Does anyone in here other than me believe that God wants us to have a good life? There you go. If you believe that God wants you to have a good life, then guys, you need to go after him with everything that you have. Everything. You know, and, and you need to make him a priority in your life. What I found is, is, is when we make him a priority in our life, it, it, he, he becomes the foundation of everything. And, and, and when he becomes the foundation, he gives you this, this weightiness about you. You know, I was thinking about the other day, back in the 80s, for those of you who, who weren't around back in the 80s, just, just go, go with me a little bit. But back in the 80s, there was this toy that used to just frustrate me. It, it was called a, a, a bop bag. I used to call it a weeble wobble, but it was a bop bag. And so you'd punch it, and it'd come back up. You'd punch it again, and it'd come back up. And then so I was a messy little child, and so not only would I punch it, but I would kick it, and it'd go flying, and it'd hit the wall, and hit the ground, and it'd go down, but then it'd pop back up. It didn't matter what you did. I even hit it with a baseball bat, and it'd go down, and it'd pop back up. Guys, when you put God in your life and make him the foundation, it doesn't matter what life brings to you. You may go down, but you will come back up. And that's what God wants for us, guys. He wants us to experience victory in every area of our lives. But what I found in my walk with God is everything is a choice. Do I believe him or do I, do I not believe him? And, and, and the way I show that I believe him is by my actions. We talked about faith being a lifestyle. The, the Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 1, it says, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Faith being confidence, believing in God and believing in his word, and assurance meaning being confident in that final outcome. So we have to have confidence in him and his word. That's one of the reasons why whenever I teach a class, when I've taught here in the past, I, I get people to hold their Bibles up and say, you know, this is my Bible, it's God's word to me, it strengthens me, it refreshes me, it's medicine to me, and I love to read my Bible, why? 
Because when you get that on the inside of you, you'll begin to realize the importance of this, this tool that God sent us. Because when you get the word down on the inside of you, it will begin to transform your life and it, it will give you even more weight that when the world comes and when the world happens, things won't impact you anymore like they used to. There's a confidence that comes on the inside of you, an assurance of that final outcome. When you go to the doctor and you get that bad diagnosis, you can look at him in the eye and say, nope, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. You know what? You, you, you might get that, and, and, and they may tell you, 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 you've messed your life up. And you can say, you know what? No, the Word of God says that my best days are ahead of me. You know what? You, know, you may look at that child, and, and that child might look like he, he or she lost their mind. But you can say, nope. The Lord promised that if I would train them up in the way they should go, that when they grow old, they won't depart from it. Guys, God wants us to live in victory. And if we'll do that, if we'll invite him in our life, if we'll begin to operate with a spirit of faith, God will turn your life and your situation around. You know, I love the song that Justin and, and the team have been singing, See a Victory. My favorite verse is the first verse. If you'll put that scripture, or the, the verse up there, it says, the weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to prosper. My God will never fail. Guys, we have to have that inward dialogue on the inside of us. Not only on Sundays, not only on Wednesdays, not only when you're listening to the song. It has to be deep down in you. And when life happens, that's when you're like, no, 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 no. The weapon may be formed at me, but it ain't going to prosper. You know what? This darkness is trying to fall on me, but it's not going to prevail. Why? Because the God I serve, the God I'm hooked up to, the God who's the foundation of my life, the God who I've made a priority, knows only how to prosper. And you know what? My God, in this situation, he's not going to fail. It's got to be on the inside of you. And when it becomes a part of you, guess what? Just like that bop bag, you might go down but you will come back up. Does this make sense? And, and so God wants to see us in victory, guys. I'll never forget it. When we first came here, you know, I've shared this story in the past. We first came here and uh, we, we came in a bad place. We'd lost everything. We'd lost home. We'd lost our money. We'd lost friends. We'd lost family. And we'd lost hope. And I spent six months griping and complaining to God. Is there anybody in here who believes griping and complaining moves God? because I thought it for six months. It wasn't until I made a decision to lay that down, to get up close to God and invite him in, that things began to turn around. You see, in that time, I began to say, God, I'm gonna make you a priority. I'm gonna make sure I'm in church every Sunday and make sure I'm in church every Wednesday. And when I went to church, I said, God, when I go to church, I know you're gonna have something that you're gonna speak to my heart that, that, that there's going to be something that I can take and hold on to that you're going to build within me that's going to help me change my situation around. And then, you know what? I realized that it wasn't just the pastor's responsibility to tell me what God wanted to say. So then I built into my life time for me and God. And I began to read the Bible for myself and understand that, you know what? God does have a plan for my life, a plan to prosper me, to give me a future and a hope in every area of my life. And I began to build myself up on the scriptures, on, on, on the word of God, and God began to turn things around. All of a sudden, our finances were restored. All of a sudden, God took away the debt. All of a sudden, we got a new home, a new job. My, my hope in ministry was restored. God brought us to the ark. I got to meet all of you. 
It, God just began to do great and mighty things in our life. Why? Because I made a decision to put him first in my life. And he's led us in victory in every area of our life. And understand, not only will God bless you, but he'll bless your family as well. And, and because he's a good God. I said he's a good God, guys. He is a good God. Here's another story, story of David I want to share this morning. It's about David and his mighty men. It says, when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, the Lord answered. You will certainly overtake them, and you will succeed in the rescue. And then it goes on. It says, David fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day. And none of them got away, except for 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else. David brought everything back. I believe, guys, we are in a season where God is saying, this is your time. This is your season. You see, whatever you're going through, this is something that God showed me. Whatever you're dealing with today, it has an expiration date. When you're connected with God, it cannot stay. It shall expire. And that's why today you've got to change your inner dialogue and say, you know what, God? I know you have great things in store for me. I know, Lord, that you are working right now, bringing about a healing and a cure in my body. Lord, I know that, you know what, it's not good at home, but Lord, I think that you are restoring my marriage and it's going to be better than it was than before. And Father, I, I thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon me and that you're making the crooked places line up and that you're, you're doing a new work in me, in my life, in the life of my family. Your inner dialogue has to change and get in line with the word of God. And when that happens, you're on your way to victory. God's going to do some great things in our lives, guys some great and mighty things. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. I want you to do something for me. Put your hand on your, on, on your chest here and say, Thanks be to God, who always causes me to triumph. Let's say it again. Say, Thanks be to God, who always causes me to triumph. One more time. Thanks be to God, be to God. Who, always who always causes me to triumph. See, so here's the thing. The scripture doesn't say you will triumph 35% of the time. It doesn't say you will triumph 50% of the time. In fact, it doesn't even say you will triumph 99% of the time. The scripture says God always causes us to triumph. And so now knowing that you always will triumph no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're up against, it needs to change your posture. We need to go from being bent over, discouraged, depressed, to walking upright knowing the God I serve knows only how to prosper, and in this situation, my God will never fail. Does that make sense, guys? God's gonna do some great and mighty things in us and through us as we hold on to him and as we begin to trust him. You know, I talk about how we came from San Antonio and got to Houston. But one thing that I know is, is just because you leave one battle doesn't mean nothing else is going to happen. So we left one battle. We got to this new land. 
Good things began to happen, and a whole different battle came. But just because an, an entirely new battle comes doesn't mean the strategy changes. Keep God in your life. Keep moving and walking in faith. Keep the word of God as a priority in your life and watch what God will do. I'll never forget this person I had never met before. I walk into this new company that I'm working for, all eager and, and, and big-eyed and, and just full of zeal, knowing that I'm here because God brought me here. And here this carnal man looks at me and says, I don't like you. <laughs> and I remember telling him, you don't even know me. And he says, I don't want to know you. He said, your goal is one thing. Your goal is to get me promoted, and I will do anything and everything to get promoted, even if that means stepping on you and getting, kicking you out of this company. And it went downhill from there. And you would think Derek would have learned from the first journey. But what did Derek do? For two years, the first time it was six months, for two years, Derek murmured and complained. Derek would murmur and complain to his wife. Derek would come to church and murmur and complain. Derek would murmur and complain during his time with God. And guess what? Nothing changed. In fact, it got worse. But then, I woke up. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give up on us? Yes. He'll never give up on us, guys. I woke up and I began to inquire of the Lord. Lord, how do I change this situation? How do I get right with you, get back in line with your will? How do we get this to turn around? And the Lord began to give me clarity and direction. Sometimes he may tell you something to do that you might not want to do, but let me encourage you to do it anyways. I remember this guy who would look at me, cuss me out, use racial slurs, I mean, do everything that was vile and you shouldn't be doing in business. I said, Lord, what, what, what are we going to do, Lord? What are we going to do? And, and my prayer was this, Lord, what are we going to do to take him out? What are we going to do to get rid of him, Lord? <laughs> I'm just being honest. That was my prayer. And I remember God saying, pray for him. How do I respond? I responded. I said, no. I'm not praying for that man. I'm like, Lord, don't you know what this guy's doing, doing to me? Where, where, don't you see how he's talking to me? I'm not praying for this guy. And for two weeks, I kept telling the Lord no, and nothing changed. Then I decided, well, God, maybe you know what you're doing. So I began to pray. And as I began to pray, initially, things got worse. But I said, God, I know I heard you clearly, and I'm going to do what you said. And I kept praying, and I prayed, and I prayed. And then all of a sudden, his whole attitude began to change. And not only that, see, this guy was an alcoholic. This guy was running around on his wife. He was doing all these things, and we knew about it. And as I began to pray, I didn't realize it, but God began to work on his life. And then one day I came into the office and he was gone, found out that he got promoted and he left. So about two years goes by, I'm in my office at five in the morning, and I hear a knock at the door, and it's this gentleman. And he walks up to me and he says, hey, I didn't ever get a chance to say bye. And he said, but I wanted to come by and tell you, thank you. And I said, thank you. He said, I've known many people who've called themselves Christians. He said, but I watched you. And you made a huge impact on my life. He goes, I don't know what you were doing behind the scenes, but thank you. He goes to turns, he goes, oh, and by the way, he goes, I don't drink anymore. I've been sober for, I don't remember how long he said. He goes, and my wife and I were in a good place. You know, our marriage is better than it ever was. He goes, 
And so whatever you were doing, thank you. And he walks out. Now, I'd be lying if I told you I'd say praise God. I didn't say praise God. I was like, no, God, this is not how this was supposed to go down. <laughs> You're supposed to take him out. <laughs> but guys, understand this. When we attach our lives to God and we do it his way, not only will he bless us, but he will bless other people as well. God wants us to lead us, he wants to lead us into victory. And understand, as you go through this walk, you are not alone. Let me show you the scripture here. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye upon you. Guys, you may not know how to answer, what decision to make, but when you invite God in, he will give you the guidance you need, the direction you need, and he will lead you to victory. Will you bow your heads this morning? Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.